the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Glad to have you guys with me as we get over the hump, rolling into the weekend. You'd think we'd be over the hump of this coronavirus by now, given the fact that we now have in California the public health officer. She resigned because of what? Bad data. Uh, we've we've still got arguing and debating over schools being reopening when not one kid around the world has given a teacher or anybody else the coronavirus. We've reached the point of insanity. And let's hope that we are about 80-something days away of restoring sanity into this country with the re-election of Donald J. Trump. We can only hope for that. I do think that uh, a lot of these, suddenly it's going to be miraculous that we don't have to worry about coronavirus anymore uh, if Trump were to uh, have the election stolen from him via mail-in balloting. We've got lots to talk about tonight the debut of the duo they debuted today on stage and so kurt schlichter the one and only kurt schlichter he's going to be here to give his review of the debut as well as miss veep herself uh, the memes are flying around like crazy uh, all kinds of uh, we're going to keep it rated g here I'll just say that. We're going to keep it rated G as we talk about uh, Miss Thing, Kamala Harris. Um, we've also got a, a story. Who knows who Conan, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce his name right, Conan Hinnant. Anybody, that name ring a bell to anybody? Yeah, well, this is the name that I think if this, I think if the story was different, I think if there was a certain flip of the script in terms of skin color, that name would be a household, would be a household name. In fact, every media outlet in this country would be talking about nothing but that all day today. We, and we're going to talk about it here on tonight's show. And also, um, the fact that it's not a household name gets to the fact of what's happening in our country in terms of control the message and you control minds. But how much have we contributed to that with wanting to stay in our echo chamber? And as we go into the election, I I thought it might be important tonight to talk about what is an echo chamber? What does that mean? Do, should we try to bust our way out of it? And how do we encourage others to bust out of it so that maybe we can reach other people and get them to not only vote, but come our way over to our man, uh, reelecting our man, Donald J. Trump. Hey, I would love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. If you want to be a part of the show, we are streaming live on Facebook right now at The Answer San Diego. Keep those comments rolling there. Um, again, we got to keep it G tonight. We're talking about Kamala Harris. Has there ever been a VP pick? Where you needed to remind people, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, y'all are familiar with the story, right? About this woman. Isn't it interesting that this is the first VP pick, 
in which the memes that are flying around about this woman are um, really um, blue, as they would say. Uh, my man who keeps his G every night of the, the show, keeps us on track, keeps us focused, keep us, keeps us telling the right thing here and, and speaking the truth to power. It's my man. It's DJ Potato Skins. There's tremendous spirit in our DJ, DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Tremendous Keeping spirit. it G, I am the G, and you and I are the duo. Yeah, we are. We made our debut a couple months ago here as full time because you were you were a producer of the show on a, on a regular basis, just not on a full time basis. So we made our debut, and I have to say, I think it was more successful than the one that happened today. You were busy today, uh, so I doubt you got a chance to see or it, did you hear any of it at all, Tater Skins? Uh, hearing of what? Any of the debut today of Biden and Harris? Uh, they made bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. I have to give it to Joe. He actually uh, sounded intelligible for once. Did he really? Well, I heard most of it in the car because I was um, didn't I had, stumble. I yeah. I was like maybe he you know was being propped up. I'm not quite sure. Well, you know, and there's there's pills for that where they can make you cogent in a moment. Well, you know, um, I actually heard most of what I heard was. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, at, at right out the gate, you people were being slammed like Tucker Carlson if they didn't pronounce her name right. The stage has been set from the jump with this woman that you couldn't criticize anything about her. They, she was picked for for many reasons to check some boxes, in particular uh, to set the stage to where we've got somebody you're not allowed to criticize. It's like oh eight all over again. And I, do you think? I mean, I already think I know your answer, but if someone doesn't jump on board, hey, I not only do not support the Democrats in this. This election, but I don't like Kamala Harris. Well, then you must be a racist. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, well, it's you're racist. Uh, you hate women. It's all the identity politics uh, cards that they get to trot out to avoid to try to stop any any coherent. You're not. It's it's to shut down debate. And uh, then they're allowed to lie with impunity. I mean, if you read Joe Biden's Twitter feed today, I mean, just the the flat out lies that are being told. And then I'm flashing back to Bill Clinton and why it was important that he was allowed to lie with impunity back then. And that paved the way when Bill Clinton lied in the face of the American people about Monica Lewinsky and people accepted it. Well, it was just about sex. And then that set the stage for presidents and elected officials to be able to to, uh, lie to your face, which is why I don't want to hear anything from anybody accusing Donald Trump of lying. But when I heard, when I was listening today, let me tell you a couple of things that jumped out at me. I think sometimes I think it's even better when you can hear somebody versus seeing them on TV, because when you're seeing somebody on TV, which, which is why music videos came out, because it helped tell the story. It helped sell more records if there was a visual that came with it. They could actually make the record sound better by giving you images to go along with it that could maybe make a crappy record sell just because you had some great image to go with it. Yeah, I think if you're listening to it. You you're, you pay a, lot, a little bit more closer attention, but you really pay attention to the words and how they're being strung together as well, opposed she, to watching. Well, what came across to me today with Kamala Harris was she had all the the charm and charisma of a tuna salad sandwich that had been left in the glove compartment of a car for a month in August in New Orleans. And I kid you not. Um, and on top of it, I haven't heard anybody mention it, but I thought what made the stench even worse from that tuna salad sandwich, where it went from being bad that it was left in the glove compartment maybe for a day to a whole month, was the was the use of Bo Biden and the constant references to Joe Biden's dead son. Has there ever did anybody ever if if there was such affection between the Biden family and the now deceased Bo Biden? 
Would we have not seen that at some point when Kamala Harris was attorney general? Would there not be a picture somewhere between the two of them hanging out, sharing a barbecue? There would have been something. There would have been something. Would would that not have would would the family affection between the Bidens and the Harrises been something that might have stopped Kamala Harris from going after Joe Biden and calling him a racist? If she's such friends with Bo Biden, wouldn't she have known that her, that Bo Biden's dad wasn't a racist? And would she not have known that Bo Biden's dad was not somebody that went around as Kurt Schlichter loves to call him as Grandpa Badfinger, cons- uh, non consensually assaulting women? This woman actually joined with all the other women who accused Joe Biden of non of sexual assault and said a year ago that she. Believed leave the women so for, for so to trot out as though he chose her because there's some affection with it was absolutely made the skin crawl made my skin crawl made the hair in the back of my neck stand up and i haven't heard one other person mention it maybe because you weren't allowed to maybe that's why they trotted out the memory of a dead son who died of cancer i thought that was absolutely repulsive and appalling um I, I didn't get to hear all of it. You know, I've read some excerpts from it. It was lie after lie after lie about, you know, Donald Trump, about, you know, uh, different policy positions or whatever. Of course, they're blaming Donald Trump for every death from coronavirus as though he went around injecting them with coronavirus and making people die. When Joe Biden was asked specifically, OK, what would you, what would you have done different? He basically said he would have shut down. He would have shut down the country. Well, you know what? Donald Trump did. I didn't like that. I didn't like the decision to do it. Donald Trump did. So what else you got? It was Donald Trump that Fauci himself Fraud Fauci had to admit that that Donald Trump saved lives by stopping the travel from China. So, I mean, they've got nothing. There's absolutely nothing here. I think the VP pick is supposed to be first do no harm. Um, But this, to me, ultimately, too, this is a case is because she is doing him harm. She will do Joe Biden harm. When your VP pick spawns meme after meme after meme, and I'm just going to say it here because I think it is, you know, when, when your VP pick spawns memes that say things like Joe and a hoe, heels up Harris images of her on her back with her heels up there's a reason for that and I'm not being nasty I'm not being disgusting this there there you you've you've picked the wrong person okay but see this is affirmative this is what why affirmative action is heinous because he was pressured by the left a gun was held to his head and said you're not just going to pick a woman you're going to pick a you're going to pick a black woman and, and and as many people pointed out she's not even technically black but i mean i guess if rachel dolezal can be considered black and this is the and the left can you can identify as anything then you know stop stop everybody you know correcting me to tell me that she's not black because she's indian and and you know jamaican because you know to the to the left you know she's a, that's one of the reasons why they changed it to a person of color okay although you know, I could get darker than Kamala Harris in one hour without my SPF 50 on. And I mean, literally, I will tan to the color of a Hershey chocolate bar. So that being said, um, when you this is the problem with affirmative action. This Who is, would you have chosen as a smarter pick for Joe Biden well, if you were, you know, one of his advisors? Well, I, I, I don't I. Well, all of his advisors are going to tell him, you know, that he has to pick identity politics is what it's all about for them. So I could never be an advisor. But I think if what you he, were the smart advisor. Well, I think what you're supposed to do is pick somebody that's going to help you win votes in a swing state. Yep. So he should have gone to somebody from, you know, see who he, who he, he can bring on board. If he was smart, he probably should have tried to get John Kasich maybe from Ohio. That's exactly what I was thinking. Bring in a Republican. But see, they got to do this identity politics crap, right? And so then he's got to pick a woman. He's got to pick a woman of color. What's he going to do? 
You know, he's looking at Susan Rice, who lied to the American people about dead Americans in Benghazi, who's got absolutely no experience. You know, and, and one of the reasons why they uh, they want. But one of the reasons why they wanted a woman of color is because they don't really have a stable of people with any experience that they can bring to the VP uh, situation. They know that this is this is one time in which you better have a VP that can supposedly take over for the president. So, and they don't really have anybody who can. So, they've got to pick one that you're not allowed to criticize. So, that's one of the main reasons why they went with a person of color because they've got to provide a perfect protective shield against criticism. Because almost everybody in the Democrat Party now is actually so far left that they make Kamala Harris look moderate. So they didn't really have they don't really have anybody that they can go with. They've got to go identity politics and ever pretty much everybody within the identity politics arena with them is so far left that uh it's it's insane. So I he really had few choices. I got to take a break and and pick Kurt Schlichter's brain on this cuz he's got a great article on Town Hall. Lot, there's a lot of Republicans that are saying it was a smart choice and that it's going to help him, but Kurt Schlichter was one of the first people who said, "Oh, this is a bad choice." In fact, Schlichter tweeted out yesterday, "Biden just lost with the announcement of Kamala Harris." So stay tuned, Kurt Schlichter will be here next. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. 888-344-1170. The big debut happened today. They came out. I, I, I'm still, uh, it was kind of bizarre to me. I heard most of it today uh, when I was uh, driving, and which always gives you a different perspective. I did see a little bit of a clip of the debut today. They come walking out. You know, uh, Joe and uh, blank, they come walking out today with their masks on and then they like slowly took it off. It was like some kind of striptease. It was absolutely bizarre to me. It was, it, it, I, I, you know, I, I was sorry, just totally creeped me. <laughs> DJ Potato Skins just kind of mocked it in there. Uh, so, uh, but you know what? I, I could be just tainted. You know, I, I could be just, you know, um, one of these women that just doesn't support other women. I don't know. So I got to bring in my man, Kurt Schlichter, and have him review the debut of the dynamic duo today. And you guys got to go uh, read his blog post, by the way, on Town Hall. Uh, something about uh, the Veep and Choice and Burgers. I don't know. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, do you have Kamala Mania yet? Because okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I got to tell you, I'm very excited about it. You're very excited about it. I, I'm, I'm already wore out on this woman. I mean, I'm more tired of her. Uh, you know, I think than, than I, Willie Brown. <laughs> Wait, did I go there? Yeah, I did. I've been told I'm not supposed to because it's sexy. But uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with being sexy. I don't think I can't help it. Well, yeah. I, well, I don't know if you're being sexy. I mean, you know, it, here's the thing. Um, uh, you know, is it because I, I was like, wasn't sure if I should go there either tonight. And I opened the show. I was like, should I talk about it? But here's the fact. When you nominate somebody to, VB, to be VP and across the world, like within seconds, there's meme after meme after meme of a woman with her legs up and heels in the air. Um, that's that's not, you know, for no reason. I mean, you know, let's let, can we talk about the elephant in the room? You know, uh, this is a woman who, um, you know, made her career off of, um, you know, her relationships with men. And we're not allowed to talk oh, about you mean it. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> 
I don't know that Hillary did it in quite the same way. I'm not sure that Hillary had quite the same opportunity. Well, I don't want to know what way Hillary did it, Andrea. <laughs> I don't know. So was it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually a different version of affirmative action, if you will. But this is clearly an well, affirmative so action. To speak. Well, yeah, so to speak. Hey, how is it that, you know, um, if what I'm confused about is he the pressure was on him to pick a woman and a woman of color. But according to the left, there's no such thing as gender. So, you know, if he really wanted to be cool, why wouldn't Joe have picked a man who identified as a black woman who who was really from India and Jamaica? So you're basically saying Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> Pete's going to be whatever you want him to be. He doesn't care. <laughs> Pete, Pete doesn't care. Pete's a flexible guy. He doesn't care. He's going to be. You want a black woman? That's me. <laughs> Honest a black man? That's also me. I'm not picky. I'm Pete. <laughs> I was in a war, you know. <laughs> I was in the stuff. <laughs> On a serious. Remember Bridge Too Far? That was me. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> What happened to Pete, by the way? Hey, it would not have been a smarter choice because why did Biden pick somebody from California who's, I mean, California's gone. They wanted to nail down California. It was, he, he wasn't sure. I, he's like, look, if you're Joe Biden and you've got to nail down California and the black women's vote, I'm thinking you've got issues. <laughs> look, there, look, he's losing. Biden is losing. And I know that the polls, which uh, it, it, the polls are the only bit of evidence we have. And I read about this in my town hall column today and tomorrow and probably next week. Polls are the only evidence we have. They are the only evidence we have that Joe Biden is winning. And we're told, oh, look at the polls, they're winning. And we're also told, what what, what Trump said in Mount Rushmore? He was talking about Confederates. And it's like three clicks and you can find out the transcript. And it's like, okay, he didn't mention Confederates. And all I can think of is, is there been a lie about something I can check so easy? Why why do I think that they're going to go, wait a minute, stop. I draw the line at lying about polls, which are really hard to read anyway. That's what, it, you know, I got my principles. I'm going to lie about everything else, but not the polls. Right. I, don't, I wouldn't want to demoralize, you know, the Republicans, put my finger on the scale. That, Joe Biden doing that, that would have been, you know, only if the scale was a woman and worked for him. Um, but, uh, he, you know, I, I, that's the only bit of evidence. Everything else I'm seeing, look, I'm in blue California. I'm up here in Los Angeles, South Bay Area, Ted Lou's district. The district where you walk in, you become 10 uh, Hugh points better, so you're 75 points ahead of him. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm getting all these secret people. You know, you know, you know what happens? You're like there, and they're kind of like, well, yeah, things are uh, bad, huh? Yeah, really bad. And it's, I don't know, maybe... Oh, shoot. I kind of like the president. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, his tweets are mean. And he's like, you're like, no, I, I like the president. And you're like, you're one of us. Wow, let me tell you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing from people, and they're going, you know, liberal women, you know, the woke wine women with a white fragility, a copy of white fragility at the Starbucks. And they're, they're like, you're, you know, they're leaving my kids at home. There's no school. How can they do this to me? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I look at, you know, well, Trump may be horrible, uh, though he's more masculine than my husband. But uh, he, uh, I, I think I may vote for him. I think I just may vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. 
I think there's a lot of it. Look, I, I've only seen I've seen no Biden bumper stickers, not even the you know, you know, the Prius guy with the coexist and the Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. guy. I haven't even seen those guys around. There's no, they're no not. No, they're not even putting Biden. it next to the Bernie sticker. I mean, no, it, it, no, it's yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. No um, houses have it. Look, I'm driving around. I, look, I've seen two houses in the South Bay. This is Ted Lou's district. We have like Ted Lou. And they can't put them up more than two. And it's like the hand painted, like mm-hmm. Biden sign, because it's the creepy house where you're pretty sure all the cats get eaten <laughs> to come in the neighborhood because the guy's a weirdo. You've got like a panel van. And it, 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 look, I, I just, there's just no excitement. But I don't. Biden, but why would there be? Well, let me ask you this, though, because I know you were tweeting out about Hugh Hewitt. Everybody's talking about this interview with Hugh Hewitt and Ron Johnson out of oh, Wisconsin, yeah. the head of, you know, the uh, the uh, uh, which committee is he the head of the Homeland Security Committee or. Uh, oh, I can't say it in FCC compliant environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically, we've had a Republican controlled Senate. We're we have had evidence after evidence that crimes were committed. We know that whether or not bars prosecuted any at this point uh we have been demanding for two years now republicans have for the senate to actually do something to use the subpoena power haul people in and make them answer before you know the united states for what's happened what i'm concerned about going into this election is people uh conservatives that feel like the one thing that they expected to get from trump uh, that they could that they're going, going to hold trump responsible for is draining the swamp and holding anybody accountable for the crimes that were committed by a weaponized fbi and doj against Mike Flynn and Carter Page and others, and it got ugly with Hugh Hewitt today and Johnson, didn't oh, it? Oh uh, my ta- God! Yeah, talk about that a little bit, and and because I'm concerned about if the Senate doesn't do anything, that's the one thing that I think, in terms of the base getting out to support Trump, that has me concerned about them losing their excitement. Well, I'm a, I'm a power Hugh Hewitt, and I sub for Hugh Hewitt occasionally. Yeah. Uh, and I know Hugh Hewitt really well. He's a genuinely nice guy who will lean over backwards to uh, give you the best idea. He'll do that for liberal Democrats, too, that he has on the show. He's very respectful, and he'll lean over backwards. And people get mad at conservatives. like, you didn't slam him. I'm not here to slam him. And, you know, he, he said this is what he believes, and that's what I'm going to ask him. He took Ron Johnson apart bit by bit. It was brutal. He, If you get... Hugh Hewitt Maddox. Look, I will, look, me and you, drop of a hat yeah. on rock and roll. Okay? <laughs> yeah. If you get Hugh Hewitt going off on you like an avenging Valkyrie, okay, you have screwed up. And Ron Johnson not only screwed up, but lied to him, tried to teach. He, he told lawyer Hugh Hewitt, you can't do a deposition without documents. Okay, stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right. he blamed the co- colleagues. He said that, and he refused to oh. out the colleagues. He said that, you know, he couldn't subpoena, that he wanted to give them the, get, let people do it on volunteer first. And then he said something about how he didn't have the support from other Republicans, but when pressed, he refused to name names. It, 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 oh, he's just, yeah. you know, he used to, I, I used to think he was kind of woke. But look, we as Republicans have got to understand that our party needs to be purged of losers. And the way you purge losers is not, to allow more Democrats to come in. All right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are being deprived of justice. Get over it. Focus. Get Trump reelected. Get a new congressman in there. Get a new senator in there. Ron Johnson's time will come. He will pay. Okay. He will be corkered. Mm. 
You're right. It will be whoever that other guy that uh, uh, Mitt Romney replaced in uh, Utah. Look, there's always going to be people who are annoying weasels. Yeah. And we've got to be grown-ups and understand we can't wave a magic wand and have justice today. Right. That's a good we point. We terrify them. Yeah. And he's terrified, and he damn well should be. And what we can do he's is we can— primary. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to start. One of the things I've started to do on my show is start to ask people for, you know, a call to action for people to get involved. The difference between Republicans and and conservatives. He would Johnson wouldn't be in his position. We wouldn't have had the Jeff Flakes. We wouldn't even have the Ben Sasses and all these other people. If we had more Republicans and conservatives willing to get out there, be activists, willing to run for office, willing to primary these people, actually willing to put, you know, you know, put some time in and put feet on the street, you know, and actually put some effort in. Right. Well, stuff is happening and it, it, it is paying off. Mike Garcia in California 25. Remember where Truffle Girl is? Yes. The one who had that picture and she was uh, defiling the hotel furniture. Never signed hotel furniture. She wouldn't even put that. <laughs> uh, Mike Garcia, uh, businessman, Naval Academy grad, won't hold that against him. Naval fighter pilot also won't hold that against him. Uh, he fought. He, he went in, got himself a place in the battle. The Republicans were against him. They wanted to run the same loser who had lost a thruple girl before. And, you know, I guess the problem is there are too many hardcore, great conservative Republicans named Garcia in our uh, in the Republican Party today. So yeah. they, they, they wanted to get freaking uh, Mr. <laughs> uh, uh, generic mayonnaise guy in uh, loser guy. I don't care who you are. If you're a loser, you're a loser. Mike Garcia went and won by 10 points, 10 points in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We got great guys like Sean Parnell in Pennsylvania, 17. Look, I'm in Toulouse district. I'm not, you know, this cycle, we aren't going to take him out. Maybe next time. But this time we aren't going to take him out. My money can go to uh, Army Ranger Sean Parnell in Pennsylvania, 17. I encourage people to do that. If you're like me and trapped in a living hell of communist subversion, Okay, and there, there are guys like that down there in San Diego. Oh, yeah. I know. I went to UC San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can be. And that's you brought up a good point. (laughs) You brought up a good point. We can be supporting races in other in other areas across the country as well. We can run for office ourselves. We can be on the phone with our Congress people and put pressure on them to do the right thing. We can contribute financially like and remember Laura Loomer in Florida, for example. So those are some of the things that we can do. And we can also uh, get Mm -hmm. active on social media. We can be putting pressure there. We can also, um, you know, support new media, new media outlets. Um, like my friend Gina's got America uh, Voice News, and uh, we can read townhall.com. Oh, you know Dr. G? Yeah, she's one of my, my good friends. And we can also oh, yeah. we can also read books like uh, 21 Biggest Lies About Trump and You, written by none other than Kurt Schlichter. And you are can you, are you pushing my book? Of course you mean the 21 I am. Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You oh. that you should all buy from Amazon unless you want to die unloved and alone. <laughs> and read uh, Kurt's articles on townhall.com. You got to be a VIP member, though. You got to be part of the but cool. Just for, that, just for Wednesdays, Mondays and Thursdays, it's free. I oh. give you a taste. Oh, then, a little taste. A little you, taste of Schlichter. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm super fly. All right. All right, Schlichter. Thank you so much for being here. All hey, right. All right. We're going to be back. Don't go away. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K A Y E.
Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show on this hump day. Um, during the break, I was actually looking at some shark videos. It's Shark Week. Have you been enjoying some Shark Week there, DJ Taterskins? No, I haven't watched it, but uh, I've always been a big fan, just really busy right now. But, uh, you know, DVR and all that great stuff. I'll, I'll get to it. I love me some sharks. Oh, and me- Tom Del Bacaro has some unknown shark pictures we still need to get a hold of. Tom Dell has a... He said he was on a fishing boat or uh, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm believing that. I tell you what, I don't know that he ever was on a deep sea fishing boat or whatever, but I do know that he filleted Kamala Harris when he debated her when they were both running for uh, Senate here in California. And if we had had, he crushed her in the debates. If we had something, be, if we didn't have this jungle primary ridiculousness, uh, he would have won uh, that Senate race. Oh, easy. No, yeah, no doubt. Um, joining me now to shift gears a little bit and get into kind of a philosophical discussion here as we go into the debate. I was kind of intrigued by this idea. We've all used the expression, I think, or many of us have, oh, you're just in an echo chamber or, you know, this, this media outlet here is nothing but an echo chamber. It's kind of one of those terms that gets used that everybody kind of acts like they know what it is. It's part of our vernacular, but it's like, do they really, do we really know what an echo chamber is? why it matters, and uh, so I, I thought it might be interesting to explore as we go into the election, and it could it could explain why the polls are where they are, if you believe the polls. So joining me now to discuss this is William Sylvanius. He's an author and a speaker. He specializes in deconstructing labels in politics and brain chemistry, which is so interesting. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that, uh, uh, that he specializes in deconstructing labels in politics made me think of Donald Trump, because I think one of the reasons why President Trump was so successful in 2016 is because he was the labelless president. He ran on ideas. He didn't run on labels. But I could be wrong because I'm not the expert in labels. William Sylvania says, and he joins me now. Hi, William. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me along. All right. So um, what is the echo chamber and why is this something that, that is important for us to know? The echo chamber is a way of communication that we fall into, probably most of us are in one, in which uh, it, uh, our beliefs are amplified and reinforced in a, because we are only getting information from people who believe like us. We start sorting out all the other sources and they just don't make it up on our radar. Uh, so, you know, people are able to speak out information that reinforces their existing views and uh, potentially uh, it becomes an exercise in confirmation bias, which is a, basically what it does. And it also increases social and political polarization and extremism. So those are some pretty important things, given the way our world's gone in the last four years. Well, they are. And I have to think, though, that if you're a Trump supporter and you say that you're a Trump supporter uh, to the wrong people, you might not just have your MAGA hat yanked off of your head and hit with it. You might uh, be punched, uh, get fired. So I think in some reason, some in some respects, people kind of stay within their echo chamber because if they're a conservative or a Trump supporter, they're likely to be punished in some way severely. Um, and And so I think that in many ways, people are not allowed to get out of their their own echo chamber. I look at social media and the way that 
that social media um, is silencing the opposition viewpoint. They're silencing. I, I, we'll talk about labels in a moment. Um, but, you know, uh, from Google taking and in YouTube, taking down uh, Dennis Prager's Prager U, uh, they shut off Sebastian Gorkin in the middle of a broadcast. I mean, you know, they, there's an, uh, Trump gets banned or suspended or his tweets get taken down while while um, Islamic terrorist organizations are allowed to have videos up. Um, you know, I don't know if that's if that's the same as an echo chamber that that to me is social media wanting to create an echo chamber that is nothing um, but their own political political viewpoint so it seems as though there's there's maybe that's why it's not i'm gonna say it like this to me i look at those efforts and i go they know what you're talking about is right about an echo chamber and they're wanting to make sure that our entire world our entire language our entire communications is their echo chamber isn't that what's going on with them unfortunately it is uh at one time they thought that algorithms were going to save us from having echo chambers but all they did was reinforce it. And now, as you are rightfully saying, uh, the companies themselves, Google also has a problem, as well as Twitter and Facebook and probably others that I'm not as familiar with. Uh, they have started making judgments about what things are truth, what things have value, what things are dangerous to be out there on the air. And uh, so they reflect a different set of values that not everybody in this country holds, and most Trump people don't hold the same set of values. It's uh, it's a really sad thing because, like you say, it's come down to people being angry a lot. It's come down to people being afraid of being cut off or bumped on the head, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And those things happen because the echo chamber makes people think that the most of the world thinks like them and talks like them. And so as they repeat it to one another, it becomes so strong that they begin to label the people who aren't in their echo chamber as being the people that are wrong. They label them as enemies. They label them as, uh, oh, goodness. Homophobic. If you want to. Yeah. If you. Well, what they do is, is um, if you. Um, and the and I think w- there hasn't been a pushback. And you can tell me if you think that I'm wrong to label um, this movement. But it has seemed to me for a while now, uh, it was the PC culture for a while is how it was described. That if you wanted to if you wanted to enforce immigration laws, it meant you hated brown people. If you wanted entitlement reform, you hated poor people. If you didn't want to pay for a woman's abortions, you hated women. And um, and those labels uh, were meant to silence other people and to to stamp down was part of creating an echo chamber it was to stop anybody from speaking up so it has been an assault on our free speech through the use of labels against anybody that shared an opposing viewpoint and we're now and when you when you're able to successfully do that um, you get people comfortable with staying. You create a society to where everybody is only comfortable for a variety of different reasons within the echo chamber. And I, and from a brain chemistry standpoint, I read an that you. Um, I think I read something that you said that uh, a comment somewhere or heard a comment that you made about um, the brain getting triggered. Uh, it triggers their hate something or other. Do you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know what you're talking about, yes. Uh, but before I go into that very much, I do want to say that people who we feel are doing that to Trumpers 
feel that Trumpers are doing that to them. And so, you know, it's, it's not monolithic for the problems on one side or the other, because we each have our own echo chamber. Some people just have maybe a little more loud one that gets into our face a bit more or into the things where we wished we could communicate, like Facebook uh, or what we used to have as mainstream media that now long, no longer is mainstream, but is just uh, totally political in everything they do. So anyhow, that's, that's something that I have to work with because I have to work on both sides. And so I get to see and hear from both sides. Now, what you were talking about to brain is that the brain is looking for negative information. That's what it gives first priority to. And when it processes a bit of negative information, it gets a hit of dopamine. That's the reward chemical. It's actually the reward chemical that rewards you for being ready to fight or ready to flee, depending on what the necessity is. And so that puts our whole political conversation, that puts our whole life too many times because we're so much negative out there Mm -hmm. in the form of wanting to either get away from what we're hearing or we want to fight back. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a problem with that. Dopamine shuts off your reasoning and dopamine cuts off your cognition. So you can't reason about the other things you hear and your cognition isn't out there picking it up. Again, the echo chamber is providing all this stuff that your brain, uh, we're going to talk about your brain as a Trump, I'm assuming a Trumper by the things you've been saying and what I've heard earlier. Uh, Your brain is designed to just simply, I hear that and I am going to get out of here or I am going to just shut it off. So the brain doesn't even put it behind the main labels that you use. It puts it behind a negative label. And the more stuff you pack behind a negative label, the hotter you get, the more you operate on a purely emotional base. Because why? Your reasoning and your cognition are shut down and you don't even realize it. It's become such a natural thing in American life nowadays. Is that kind of what you were talking about? Um, Yeah, I'm still not sure why the brain responds to that negative thing. I'm actually an equal opportunity criticizer from a political standpoint. I'm actually uh, um, somebody that... I don't advocate for party or Paul ad- advocate for ideas. And um, I, I side with the founders in the U.S. Constitution, and I will criticize anybody that jeopardizes my freedoms and whoever that is, because that's that's what I'm, I'm first about is is my rights and my freedoms. And um, and I'll fight anybody against that. I don't care who they are. Um, and I am a fighter. I was wired to be a fighter, and that's who I am, not not to flee. And uh, and so, in fact, that's why I left corporate media and, and, and decided to do this, because I felt like I could see where this country was going. And, and th- through the use of the echo chamber and through the use of, you know, um, silencing the opposition party, you know, silencing the opposition for the left's Marxist movement. And um, and it comes in a variety of different different efforts. We're almost out of time. I don't know yeah. that it. I, I I hesitate sometimes to encourage people to get. I actually do. I you know what I'm not. I'm no, that's not right. I do encourage people to to get outside of their echo chamber. And let me tell you how. I was invited on a woman's panel one time, and I was we we were asked on this panel what media sites were conservative and which one were liberals. And I said, don't let anybody tell you what media outlet to watch or what media outlet to read. You'll know for yourself if you read books 
books, if you study history, if you read books on different governments, if you read the Communist Manifesto, if you read the Federalist Papers, if you read Democracy in America de Tocqueville, you will be able to ascertain for yourself what is conservative, what is liberal, and then you'll be open and you'll be able to do your own. You don't need anybody to tell you what to read or what to understand. Do the research yourself. Get educated yourself on history, on politics, on government. And on different ideas and philosophies, do the work yourself. Why are you letting somebody tell you what TV show to watch or what media outlet to read? So I encourage people to get outside of it. It is tough, though, when we oh, don't have tough. when we don't have actual news anymore. When we have when we have media outlets pretending to be journalists when what they really are is propaganda. Final thoughts, William. <laughs> well, my final thoughts are back kind of where I started, and that is the brain has a negative preference because it was designed to protect us from harm. But when it goes into the negative, when it goes into fight and flight, I'm not putting down people that are fighters, but they need to learn to retrain their brain, not so that they won't fight, but so that when something that triggers them comes, it pushes them back to reason and cognition because with what we're talking about being ideologies and political stances and dangers that are very real out there for ourselves and our democracy, we can't move forward. We can't get better unless our reason and cognition are engaged before our mouths open. Well, I think that's that's, that's not meant to be harsh. No, I, I no, love I get what it. you said about the, uh, the ways people can break out of the echo chamber. We have to make a conscious decision. And, you know, if we make that conscious decision, the automatic brain loves to please the conscious brain, and it will start giving you those other things because you want them, and it will help you adjust to the language until you learn it so that you can become that balanced person that you're advocating, because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm advocating for the balanced person, and we just have so many out there that don't know that they're trapped in their echo chamber, and they need to they need to find out and be able to look at themselves, see it happen, and then they can take an action. Well, I agree with everything that you just said. William Sylvanius, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell everybody real quick, do you have a website? I have a website. It's uh, williamsylvanius.com. To communicate with me, I would prefer that you either go to my uh, Facebook page, which is William L. Sylvanius, or to my email, william.sylvanius at williamsylvanius.com. Dot com And the Sylvanius has an E in it, so uh, you'll need to put that in. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I thank you. All right. Bye. We're going to be right back, so don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. No, I'm sitting here watching the monitors. I'm still not seeing Conan Hinnant mentioned, uh, the five-year-old little boy who was murdered at gun uh, point-blank range by his next-door neighbor who was a black man. What a shame. No protest. Um, I don't expect to see seven funerals with him in a gold-plated uh, coffin. We're going to continue to talk about him and remind everybody that there is a crime wave out there, a racist crime wave that's not being talked about. It would be if the colors were reversed in this story.